having a reason to use soul barb is why I exist. Incoming transmission. Engage house party protocol. Mark 4, powering up. Mark 17, powering up. Mark 44, powering up. All suits are online. Welcome to house party protocol. Power up suits and welcome in to another episode of House Party Protocol. My name is Will, and with me today is the once and maybe future emperor of Tennessee. That's right, it's the one and only Merzane yet again. What's happening, my guy? Uh, nothing much, just uh, drafting up some royal decrees for when I uh, come back in and steal my throne. I appreciate that. The siblings in arms will have to take you down, though. They won't, but they will try. <laughs> but they will try. <laughs> yes, exactly, exactly. So, uh, Merzane, I'm glad to have you back. Two weeks in a row now, and um, for the suits out there wondering, uh, this is kind of like a hybrid between a House Party Protocol episode and a TTS special report episode where this week we're going to be talking about Pyro since he was just revealed, and then also we're going to be kind of doing a little roster building for an event that I've got coming up and doing it in that style. And then I'm going to go ahead and say this right off the rip, the call to action, as they say in the biz, and that is suits, send us your rosters. And if you have a matchup, if you're playing in the TTS season, send us your opponent's roster as well. And we will do what we do with TTS special reports Going forward, we'll do that. We'll do some breakdowns and, and all that stuff and talk about matchups. If you have any special, unique tech or anything like that, that make sure you leave that as a comment. But um, send it to me at HPP underscore Will on Discord. I'm in all the main Discords there. Or you can send that via email, housepartyprotocolpod at gmail.com. Or you can send me a message with that on Facebook as well to the House Party Protocol Facebook page there. So... I want to go ahead and, and mention that right off the rip because I definitely want to do that because I think it's going to be a ton of fun. Heck yeah, I'm excited. I really want to, uh, I love list building stuff. So getting some cool ideas from the community will be really good. I absolutely agree. But I'm really stoked to talk about Pyro today and then the roster thing today because, I mean, there's just, there's a lot going on in MCP right now and we're getting into the holidays and everything and it's uh it's an exciting time i think oh yeah i think uh i think um myself i know i'm really excited for for pyro and uh i have a couple community members that are just with lack of a better word stoked for pyro <laughs> stoked for pyro stoked for the flame boy they're hot on pyro <laughs> yeah he is definitely not hot garbage no, 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 no. He is, uh, he's a little too hot to handle. No? Yeah. No? Uh, a big spicy meatball. That's it. He's a spicy meatball. Man, you know, speaking of the spicy meatballs, this is just a little bit of a, just a tiny bit of a rabbit hole rant here. Like, I'm excited for the Mario movie. It looks like, just looks like it'll be pretty and everything. 
but uh, I don't know about Chris Pratt's voice as Mario. We, we only got like two lines. Exactly. And I couldn't tell if he was trying to sound stereotypically Italian or not. Uh, I'm excited to give him a chance, but I Same. am hyped for Jack Black as Bowser. He sounded so good. Oh, yes. The, I, I think that literally that's going to carry the movie. <laughs> is Jack Black's Bowser is going to steal the show. And uh, yeah, I don't think he's doing, I think he specifically said he wasn't going to do like an Italian thing, but it's just, you know, I, I hope those two lines are, are fine, but I'm just like, come on, Chris. I like, I like Chris Pratt as an actor and anything he's done, I'm generally okay with actor wise. And so like, I'm hopeful, but it's like, man, I'm so used to hearing, <laughs> it's a me. It's Mario. a me, Mario. Yes, exactly. And, uh, I, I, I think he'll do fine, right? Like, I think it's easy to be like, to meme on him because he's not the guy. I can't remember his name. I'm sorry. He's a good guy. Charles I, I, Martinet. I literally knew his name. Hmm? He's Charles Mar- Martinet. Yeah, Charles Martinet, I think. Yeah. I think that's right. That sounds right. If it's not right, then then at least it wasn't my idea. Um, <laughs> but like, from what I can tell, Charles, Charles Martinet is okay with it, which is good if he's like like right. getting kicked out he's he's like cameoing and from everything i've seen he's pretty happy with it so like they've respected the original actor and that's cool chris pratt's fine he was great in, as emmett in the lego movie he's he is star lord let's be let's let's be real oh yeah star lord yeah. is rdj is iron man so i i think he'll do fine and if he's not we always have charlie day as luigi to back up on that that's gonna be fantastic that's gonna be great too yeah, and Keegan Michael Key sounded so good as Toad. I didn't. I forgot it was Keegan Michael Key. Yeah, yeah. I I had no idea. And and yeah, dude, Charlie Day as Luigi's gonna be so perfect, so perfect. But you know what else is perfect? At least you. Well, oh. no, not even a little bit. But what else is oh. perfect? is uh, these efficient machines that were given away, Merzane. So today Ooh. is the day where we reveal the winner for our Sentinels giveaway. Uh, we'll be using the Facebook comment picker thing, random comment picker thing. I've got everybody's bonus entries in. I've got the thing selected. All I got to do is hit pick winner. And uh, yeah, we'll do that here in a little bit, but I'm excited to do that. But before we do that, why don't we talk about Pyro? And the first thing we got to do, as always, is talk about this model, and I I really like it. I think it's it's a simple and chill model, but I really like what they've done with it. Yeah, I think this one because he's he's the box mate with Blob. Correct. Right? I think it looks real. I think they both follow like a very good theme of like just being simple sculpts that show off what they are. Blob, blob being the Blob and Pyro controlling the fire and doing like a good job of like signifying that without like making it over the top and yes that's like a classic pose right of him like i remember him from like the original x-men movies like lighting the lighter and making it into a ball or whatever yeah yeah and this invokes that same like visualization to me so like i really enjoy it even if his costume looks stupid it it looks good as a model (laughs) i mean his costume is is his costume man and uh yeah i'm with you i think it's just it, it really captures the character and and you know, I just, I love it. And the studio paint job has that little subtle OSL that just is like, oh my God, I wish I could paint that good. Yeah, they're uh, they're 
pretty good over there at the AMG. They Do, are. Who, who's the studio painter right now? It's not Dallas, is it? I don't think so. But I also don't know. <laughs> I don't remember. I Which is mean of me to not remember. I should remember. But uh, I remember watching Dallas paint for like War Machine stuff back when he did that. And it was yeah. a... That man. That man. He's a talent. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That, that, I was going to say that man is quite insane, but uh, I think what you said sounds a little bit better. <laughs> <laughs> for sure, for sure. But uh, yeah, I love this model. Are you going to do anything weird with the paint job, or you think you're going to just keep it at the standard colors? Uh, well, if he's not just gray, um, I'll probably <laughs> do purple fire, because I like to do purple stuff. Purple stuff. Makes sense. I like it. Cool. Well, now let's talk about this character card. We have Pyro, or St. John... Allardyce. Allardyce? Allardyce? Allardyce, maybe? Allardyce? Yeah. That sounds, that sounds more fancy, so we'll go with that. I mean, his name is St. John, so like... Yeah, that's pretty hot. It's pretty fancy. <laughs> <laughs> it's pretty... <laughs> that's pretty hot. Uh, so he has a top left stat line. I will never get used to saying that now. Top left stat line, three physical defense, a four energy defense, which is very interesting a three mystic defense he has five stamina he is threat value of three size two and he moves medium so i really like all of this i think the four energy defense is really cool because it just implies that if someone is shooting him with a fire based thing he could manipulate it and like turn it to his advantage, I guess, which I think is kind of yeah. a neat way to represent that in a defensive stat. Yeah, like, not every part of their superpowers have to translate directly to superpowers or attacks. It can also translate to their base stats, and I think that's a good way to do it. Uh, if it makes you feel better, by the way, I always just call it their base stat block ah. or their base stats. There you go. Uh, maybe I'll try that next time, but... You know, we'll, <laughs> no we'll, other takes. We're keeping we keep it going. <laughs> keep it going. Keep it going. Right. So would you like to cover his attacks there, Merzane? Oh, God, yes. <laughs> <laughs> Settle down. Sparky. Oh, God, I'm I'm really excited for him. He's so cool. He is. Uh, so his first attack, his builder, quote, quote, it's not a builder, uh, is an energy named Fire Blast. Energy attack, range four, strength five, no power cost. After the attack is resolved, he gains one power, so a gainer, as we call it. Mm -hmm. And as a wild trigger, it has incinerate. After the attack is resolved, target character gains the incinerate special condition. So uh, get used to that that line of text uh, <laughs> with this man. Yeah. It's really solid. It gives him like a really good energy ranged attack for assuming, once again, Brotherhood, which is a unique place for that affiliation. Right. Right, and the thing I think about it is, like, when you look at his, his stats, and it is worth noting here real quick, literally nothing changes on his injured side, so he's 5-5. Five and five. So being able to attack at range 4 and have 5 dice to do it with, I think is critical to his survival over the course of a match. Yeah, he's got, like, really average normal guy defensive stats, so keeping him safe at range or behind cover is going to be, like, the crucial part of not... Uh, Having him go up in flames. <laughs> I love these puns. <laughs> <laughs> it's gonna keep. On, we're gonna keep on rolling with it too. I love it. I we love got the it. we got the the pun oil burning, friend. 
<laughs> we're going to light it up as it were. What's the next Heck one? Heck it. The next one is another energy attack. Also get used to that. Called Flame Jet. It's a beam three, uh, strength four, no cost. This one is also a gainer. After this attack is resolved, uh, this character gains one power. Which After each attack is resolved. This is, I think, unique wording for specifically this one. I think like Vision and Enchantress that say after this attack, but I could be wrong. Uh, I'm not uh, sure. I'll pull it up and find out. Yeah, I think that if I remember correctly, they have the after this attack because it works with either wording, but this one's more intuitive for people who aren't like super in the know about beams. Right, yeah. The sweet beams will flow. And then he also once again has a, a wild incinerate. It's literally fire blast, but one less attack die and a beam three instead of a range four. Yeah. Yeah, I love it. And so it is the vision specifically does say after this attack is resolved, but I, I definitely like the wording on this one better is after yes. each attack. Technically correct is the best kind of correct. Yes. And that is what vision is, but it's much more intuitive for people who don't know all the nuances of beams and stuff to, mm -hmm. to read this and understand, Oh, okay. After, after if I get three people, that's three power. Uh, so it's just, it's just overall a positive thing. Uh, bringing in new people. It doesn't yeah. change the mechanics of the attack at all. It's just a clarification. Yeah, exactly. And this attack specifically, B3, four dice. So I don't know about you. When I read this, I'm thinking like, okay, I don't want to use this very often unless I need to gen some power and I've got the sweet beam lined up like in its normal natural state here. And we'll talk about why that's relevant in a minute. So like using this, I feel like it puts him in a little bit of danger, but at the same time, like it's a really great attack and the potential to incinerate multiple people in one turn just sounds so spicy. Yeah, it's a, I, I definitely think it's one of those things you have to, it's like a risk reward thing. Like you're going to get a pretty decent beam, uh, especially when we talk about some of the stuff coming up. Um, and it's his best way to build power, but it's also the best way to get him like punched right in his stupid face. Exactly. And, uh, if there's a character in the Brotherhood that doesn't want to get punched in his stupid face, it's this one. Yeah, the, yeah. Punch his buddy Blob. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Cool. So what's the last one? So the last one is called Inferno. This is an energy attack. It is range two, strength seven, cost three. So this will be his spender. After this attack is resolved, the target character gains the incinerate special condition. So no wild trigger this time. You're just going to give it to him. Uh, and before damage is dealt, other enemy characters within range two of the target character suffer one damage. So you're going to shoot one guy that's close by. Now, this is a really close range attack. So this is probably like a last resort thing. Like someone came in on you, did some damage. You got some power from the damage. And now you want to blast it back at him. Yep. Uh, this is going to do a bunch of damage. Give him the incinerate, soften him up, hurt anybody else around and let you try to get a follow-up attack with one of your other attacks. Maybe a flame jet or mm -hmm. a fire blast, you know, to finish that person or multiple people off. This is not the setup. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, definitely not the setup. I, I think that uh, this attack's interesting. Like you said, it, it's a situational in that if you're in a bad position, you're reeling, you, you know, you're maybe on your injured side, you got a couple health left, go out in a blaze of glory kind of thing. Yeah, definitely. Just light it up before you before you uh you uh get put out. Exactly. Um, 
Yeah, I, I like it. I like his attacks. It feels cool. Like I feel like there's just this thematic through line through all three of his attacks. Fire Blast is the standard, like, he's stretching the fire out as far as he can, so it's just like a normal amount of damage. Uh, Flame Jet is, he's like spreading it further, so it's like, it's not quite as far, but it's like wide, you know, like a big wall of fire, so it's not as concentrated. Yeah. And then his closest ranged attack is his most concentrated and his most powerful. Yeah, It feels I... like this really cool thematic set of abilities, like he's not attacking harder, he's just, it's just different concentrations of the same stuff. Yeah, absolutely. And uh, every time I like think about his attacks and I think about what he's doing on the tabletop, I will always hear the sound of that, like the cocking sound that his little flame gloves made in the cartoon before he would do anything. It would always make like a sound before he would like go to blast his fire. And and I always thought that was really cool. So I, I think that's exactly spot on the thematic through line there and it's funny that you said a wall of fire because he has an active superpower called fire wall (laughs) and uh it's gonna cost you two power choose an enemy character within range three of this character the chosen character gains the root and slow special conditions this superpower may be used only once per turn. I love this superpower, dude. I it's, love this. Superpower. It's really good. It's so good. And it's only two power and it's range three. So like when I think about what I might do as a pattern with this character is be in a position to do a flame jet. Sure, it's only four dice, but get a couple power, do a flame jet, firewall, run away to an objective. And then someone can't catch me. and. What's really cool about this, Root is an incredible special condition. So for those of you that might be newer to the game, it makes your superpowers cost one more. And that includes things that have an X cost and stuff like that. So like innate superpowers will still not cost anything, but if it has a cost, it will now cost one more. Uh, For instance, I was playing into a local last night in, uh, he was playing Black Order, and I had Root on... Black Dwarf and Black Swan at one point, and Black Swan was having to pay one extra for her Midnight Field, and it definitely made a big difference, and Black Dwarf had to pay extra to do his Intimidate thing, so he couldn't do it half the time, so it was really important. And then Slow means that whenever those characters make an advance, they have to advance with the Short Movement tool. So why that's relevant is characters like Ghost Rider, who have a long advance superpower, that becomes a short advance. And it's amazing yep. to see how sad a Ghost Rider is when he has to advance slow. So, I, I love the superpower, Mazane. I love it. Yeah, it's really good. I, I, I He's going to be putting out a lot of conditions. He's, he's like this interesting part, like, energy attacker, which I think is a great spot for Brotherhood but also like this really cool like support piece that's just going to be debuffing the enemy from the back line. I think that's just such a cool cool spot for him. Absolutely. So Merzane, let's turn up the heat now with the next superpower. It's an active superpower called Stoke the Flames. It's going to cost you three power. During the next attack action made by this character this turn, 
add two dice to its attack rolls. Did you catch what I said there, Merzane? Uh, turning up the heat, yeah. Yeah, this one's turning up the heat <laughs> big time because during the next attack action... Now, why is that important? Why am I emphasizing that? It's because that beam that is going to hit three people gets two dice for each roll, so that makes it a six-dice beam. Yep. Yes, please. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's uh, the same as, like, Friday AI and, uh, what is it, uh, Accelerate Charge on Gambit? Uh-huh. All, the, all of those characters, it's all the same thing, but, like, this is another character that does it, but his unique thing is, like, he's just got a beam that he can do for free that gives him power. Exactly. <laughs> That's unique to him. That's exactly it, dude. I, I think this, this superpower right here is amazing, and it makes him weirdly like this dangerous very very dangerous model on the tabletop i think yeah like he can just randomly dish out way more damage than you're going to expect from someone that is going to be billed as a support character right like that's what people are going to look at him as yeah and then all of a sudden they're going to get in close and they're not going to kill him and he's going to spend six power for a nine die inferno <laughs> or or get surrounded and he's going to shoot you know six die flame jets yes at people and he's just going to do a bunch of damage. It increases the odds of those wild incinerate triggers. Um, it, it's just, it's really good for him. And like, unlike some of the other characters that have to like use a four die builder to build up power to use those abilities, he actually will build a pretty decent amount of power between his range four gainer and his, you know, his beam. So he should have a little bit more power to do this kind of stuff that some of the other ones were used to. Mm -hmm. And that three cost isn't going to hurt him as bad because of it. Right. And you also got to think like if you're doing a flame jet and you're hitting two people with it, like just assume you hit two and you soak the flames, you're still going to get that power back after like the power phase and all that stuff. So like, like, you know, think about it in those terms, like you might not get exactly three power on whatever it is you choose to do, but you will get some of that power back for a future turn and stuff like that. And trying to think, just that little bit ahead, I think is going to be really critical with Pyro to keeping him alive and maximizing his value. Yep. So the last superpower we have here is an innate superpower. So this is always active. Fire manipulation. When this character targets an enemy character with an attack, after the attack is resolved, if the target character has the incinerate special condition, this character may choose another enemy character within range two of the target character. The chosen character gains the incinerate special condition. So clumping up, prepare to be on fire. Yeah. Uh, and not only can he apply it with his own incinerates, right? Like he exactly. could fire blast you and, and, and hit your guy. Uh, it also doesn't have to be his. So if you're playing on like demon port, like you know demons downtown, and someone's like, "Well, I'm gonna put this guy on the portal," and uh, like this guy's gonna stand close by, but he's not gonna be on the portal because I don't want him to get incinerated. Now you can be like, "No, no, 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 we're spreading that fire." <laughs> exactly. Exactly. I love that kind of thing so much. I think that's so cool, and it it just you know really really puts Pyro in a very interesting like tech piece. 
position, I guess would be the way I would put it. Like, he's got that little bit of support. He's going to be throwing out the damage. But, like, throwing that incinerate out there, the fire manipulation, you're going to have to watch your placement because it's a really it's a really great condition. I mean, incinerate, and I mentioned the other two uh, conditions. Incinerate, for those that might not know, it's uh, you roll one less defense die. So uh, it's it's really good. And being able to have this character at three threat is you know, again, he's got a Magneto head on the card art, so I'm going to assume Brotherhood. That's going to be huge for Brotherhood, as well as other affiliations. But, like, overall, Merzane, I want to get your overall thoughts on this character, because I'm sitting here looking at this character, and it it's value town, but it's definitely, like, glass cannony, and if he gets caught out, he's one that you need to put some damage into when you get a chance. Oh, yeah. I, I think that he is... Uh flavorfully spot on like i can't think of anything else i'd want from you know this character on this model um but he's just so he's super good he does a whole bunch of unique things i was worried that he would maybe turn up a little bit like the original human torch yeah and i think they've done a great job at differentiating the two characters um well they feel completely different yeah they 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 operate on entirely different wavelengths with the relatively the same powers it's the power yeah. set um and they both feel fine they both feel like them and uh i i think that pyro is going to see a lot of use in brotherhood um like i said he's a he's a unique attack type for them uh it's hard for them to get access to good energy attacks especially at range and incinerating it, magneto loves nothing more than attacking a, 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 an opponent that's on fire Oh, molten yeah. metal hits harder, it turns out. <laughs> well, when it's molten, it covers them a little harder. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Right? Entombs yeah. them. Exactly. Exactly. We so saw what happened with Wolverine it, in the comics with that. He is he's gonna be such a good good addition to that roster. And like you said, I think he'll I think he could see splash play other places. Like Convocation's one I was thinking would be really cool for him. Why you gotta take Just, my thunder? I'll, well, you want me to say someone else instead? I think no, it would no. be really cool in uh, Avengers. <laughs> yeah, no, it's cool. It's it's good. So I, I do agree. Convocation, I think, would be a great place for him. I mean, they love being able to press the advantage on uh, other characters, right? So, like, uh, again, I played a game and Strange went down and, like, I just couldn't get that one little bit of extra damage through and... Maybe those those one less defense die would have made the difference, and it's one of those things where, you know, maybe it wouldn't have. But being able to do that and stand on that back line, play a little bit more gun line, let Strange do his thing, would be really cool. And then another reason that I think Pyro would be nice in Convocation is because, okay, he has fire manipulation, which is good, but you've also got Baron Mordo who has the Soul Barb. So he can pass incinerates around with that as well. So it kind of plays into that a little bit. Like Pyro gets to do it for free, which is definitely better. But having a reason to use Soul Barb is why I exist right now, apparently, because I like look at that superpower <laughs> every single game. And I'm like, all right, let's use Soul Barb. Oh crap, I can't use Soul Barb. <laughs> so. It is what it is. So, I, yeah, I like him there a lot, a lot too. And, and it allows you to play a little bit of a go-wide situation, which I love in Convocation. Yeah, he doesn't have, like, all the, like, mystic shenanigans that, like, make a lot of Splash characters really cool. 
but like as just an include like a tag along i think he'll be really interesting like just a super cool dynamic for the affiliation uh i think he'll also be like a really good splash and stuff like attrition focused stuff maybe uh attrition focused midnight suns is another way to get that incinerate out oh yeah um another one is like sam spam he's three cost so sam likes him uh and i i'm not sure like where all the play because there's just so many affiliations at this point it's hard to keep them all in mind um spider foes might be another one because they have all the you know the four cost built or the four power builders and he's yeah. gonna help them like get more damage out yeah i think something criminal syndicate also either the daredevil or kingpin flavor because you can get the beams get the reroll, and all of that fun stuff what about you Oh yeah, I think like getting rerolls on his beams and softening people up for the other characters to knock down is going to be a really unique place for him and like uh like especially Daredevil Run Syndicate. Oh, absolutely. Absolutely. The the beam rerolls is going to be so good. And that's what's interesting about this character is I feel like he is very much one of the most splashable characters we've seen in quite a while and I I I like that about him, but I also think that, you know, he's he's a a glass cannon in a lot of ways. And I'd be remiss if I didn't say that uh, putting him in Web Warriors kind of sounds awesome. And the reason why is Firewall. They would love, love to have people slowed before the all webbed up turn and then all webbed up. And then it's like, okay, well, hey, you know, like maybe Gwen's dueling somebody on the side but Miles is the one that played all webbed up on another side and they're already slowed over there. So Gwen gets the benefit of all webbed up without having to actually have the little area effect of it. I think just sounds amazing. Yeah. And it's on an affordable body on an affordable, uh, superpower. So it's not like this huge dip to do it. Exactly. And he's also like shoring up their weakness to like attrition anyway. Right. Like, yeah. Uh, also, they really hate to see him on the other side of the table. <laughs> yeah. They don't like anything he's bringing when, they're, when he's an enemy. Oh, my God. If Web Warriors see this dude on the other side of the table, they are not happy. <laughs> not no, happy. not at all. It's, it's get him off the table fast as possible. Another yeah, fun we little... We don't kill people, but we're killing that guy. <laughs> yeah, that guy's super dead. We're, yeah, super dead. Uh, we're getting a flame-resistant webbing added here, so we're just going to web him up real good. Uh. Another fun little like weird thing that you might could try. So if you put Jim Hammond, Human Torch, original Human Torch, and Pyro in a shield list and you give the initiative to Pyro to make him become shield affiliated, then you can play the new age. And that oh. is Jim Hammond may spend three power to play this card. Each enemy character within range three of Jim Hammond Gains the incinerate special condition, so it's like all webbed up, but with incinerates. This round, for the entire round, when an allied shield character is attacking a character with the incinerate special condition, if it is an energy attack, add two dice to the attack roll. So, you follow me here, Merzane? Uh, yes, I, I am following you, and I'm terrified. Yeah, as someone who has got a local, Sean, that plays shield currently, I'm like, I'm glad Pyro's not out till December because, <laughs> oh my God, like, I don't know about you. I feel like that is a 
it, it takes a lot of resources, but man, if that ha- happens, that would be insanity. Well, the, the real strat now is just to don't let him listen to the podcast, right? Yeah. Uh, and when, he, when he's like, you know, I was looking at Pyro and just be like, what about him? <laughs> exactly. What, what'd you hear? What, what's happened? Just gaslight him about it. <laughs> right. Yeah. There you go. And and it's interesting to, you know, kind of talking about all of this. Like, there's a lot of energy attacks in S.H.I.E.L.D. currently. So that would be, oh, that'd be gross. Yep. And it also means, like you said, with the all webbed up play, right? Like Jim can be on one side of the board and used the incinerate thing of a new age. And then Pyro can be on the other side applying incinerate to get uh, to get new age procs on that side of the table, too. So, like, he doesn't have to just be going into who who you know, Jim's on. Exactly. He could just be spreading. Exactly. And that's and that's the way why I think it's like it just sounds awful, awesome, awfully awesome. One of the two. I'm not sure yet which one it is, but like, oh man, Hawkeye and Iron Man would just feed on that. Oh my gosh. Yep. All right, I'm spending way too much time on this because it's super crazy. Uh, but uh, I, I kind of love it. Any other like like I know everybody's also like, oh Baron Strucker, you know Hydra. Sure, like he's got a he's a condition giver router, so. There you go. Uh, I think my only issue with him is he's not immune to incinerate. Like, well, that is comically accurate because in the comics he can manipulate the fire, but he doesn't generate the fire, and he's not like not like a he's not like an on fire person like the Human Torch or something. So like he he just has manipulation. So like sometimes he he's said to have like a fire retardant suit, but like he can't actually. He's not immune to the fire himself. Like the fire still can burn him. I I guess so. I just feel like I feel like he can manipulate it off of him, right? Like he's just like, oh, you lit me on fire, and it just like comes off. But yeah, I but guess maybe still, that's still be represented by the shake. Yeah, it's still burning. Burning at him. Exactly. Exactly. So, anyways, uh, any other thoughts on Pyro? No, I think he's good. I like him a lot. I think he's uh, the best, like lowest point, efficient way to add incinerate to your roster. And um, I I expect to see him frequently on the table now. Yeah, same, same indeed. Uh, And I'm excited for it. I think it's going to be a lot of fun. Definitely. Without further ado, let us go ahead and find out who the winner is for our Sentinels giveaway, Merzane. Are you ready for this? I am so excited. I am stoked. So I'm going to hit the button, and we're going to get our winner here, and we have over 500 entries for this one. So, like, this is really exciting. I'm really... this. I can't thank the suits out there enough for participating in this. I think this is super cool, and uh, we'll definitely keep doing it. And here we go. Choose a random winner. It is Wayne Pontiff. I hope I said that right, Wayne Pontiff. And uh, left a comment of Archangel. Would love to see him in MCP. So, Wayne, congratulations. You have won the Sentinels boxes. So, Sentinel Prime and Sentinel Mark IVs. I'll be in touch with you there. So, I uh, really appreciate that. And, uh, yeah, I got to say, I'm... Very, uh, very 
happy with how this turned out and um, be prepared for another giveaway. I don't know if we'll do one in November, but we'll definitely be doing uh, the Sabretooth and Wolverine thing. I'm going to do that because I think that's really worth it in terms of a giveaway. So be prepared for that. And uh, yeah, can't. Uh, I really appreciate you guys and I can't thank y'all enough for participating. Round of applause for you guys. Round of applause for the suits out there. So now, Merzane, let us move on to our next topic where we're going to talk about building a Sentinels list here. And I sent you my initial thoughts on Sentinels, right? Like kind of the, this is, this is where I would start and all of that fun stuff. Yeah, it's looking pretty good. Uh, a little bit different than mine in some ways. Yeah, uh, so I do have a couple of caveats with this, right? So first things first, this is my I'm playing Sentinels, period, full stop list, right? Like this is the I'm, I'm taking Sentinels and I'm not going to play anything else except Sentinels. Now, I think competitively, when, when we're looking at Sentinels as a competitive faction and, and their splash ability stuff like that i think that they're better as dual affiliation in a lot of ways i think that having a secondary affiliation that can kind of fill some of the gaps for them is somewhat important and i've gotten a few games in with sentinels to this point and i've definitely noticed some some things that i feel like are shortcomings i guess you could say around them as a competitive faction, but I feel like that there's more than enough play here to make them competitive, and a, a really good Sentinels player is going to be able to really turn up the heat, as you once might say. We're, we're still in the same episode, so it's acceptable. Okay, okay, good, 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 good. <laughs> yeah, so I guess I'll just go ahead and start it off and reading you, uh, reading you what I've got here character-wise. So we've got the two Sentinel Mark IVs, Prime and Cassandra Nova. And I know I said in Nate's video that I think Cassandra Nova is a D tier. I think she's like C minus in Sentinels. <laughs> so that's that's just the way I feel about it. And then we C got is for Cassandra Nova, let's be honest. Exactly. And then uh we've got Baron Mordo, Toad, Hood, Nick Fury and the Howling Commandos, Medusa. And Nick Fury, Shield Guy. That's his official name. It's Shield Guy. Nick Fury, Shield Guy. <laughs> Bill Nye, the Science Guy. Exactly, exactly. So, the the thought process with some of these characters. So obviously, the Sentinels affiliated characters. That's a no brainer. Baron Mordo is here to like. Okay, I don't want to pay, or I don't have the power to pay to get my extra dice on my plasma blast. So. Baron Mordo can give him an extra dice at the cost of a damage, which you don't necessarily want to be damaging, but at the same time, I feel like that's worth it sometimes. So there's that. And then Hood is here kind of in the inverse of, all right, well, we, we want to try to keep these guys alive. They're immune to bleed. So Black Arts is healing, costs him three power, and then he can heal someone up to three damage, and then they would gain the bleed special condition. But all the Sentinels... You know, the actual Sentinels are immune to bleed. So I feel like that's really strong there. 
And I think the interesting one and the one that most people are asking about is Nick Fury and why he's here with his shield grunts. And the reason that I put him in here is because I feel like that the Sentinels extract game is overall a little weak. So if I end up pulling a, a bad extract, so not I wouldn't have this extract, but let's say I end up playing into cube fragments or spider infected or something like that, and we get 17 threat, putting in Nick Fury, because your core is prime Sentinel Sentinels, that's 13, so putting in Nick Fury, having those grunts, being able to at least have some extract play, I think is going to be very valuable. Yeah. So, that's. I mean, those are the kind of the, the big hitters. Toad, obviously, play him at 15 threat, gives you an extract play there. Nick Fury, the Howling Commandos, their siblings in arms, Royal Decree-esque stuff, I think is really strong with the Sentinels specifically being able to use them as a jumping off point to get the Sentinels further up the board. And then same thing with Medusa. Like if the Extract works out good and the Secure works out good, Nick Fury becomes Medusa and she's got the Royal Decree and she's just straight good. So that's the idea with the characters. So how do you Hmm. feel about that Merzane and, and and where do you feel like that I'm missing something with these characters? I think it all looks good. I think like in my few testing games with the uh I'm about to say with the Medusa because that's the character I was looking at <laughs> with the Sentinels. Um I feel like I have yearned for a second two threat. Mm-hmm. Um I have leaned for the same reason you brought Hood I brought Wong. Um, he's a character you don't mind sitting in the back and just keeping him topped off. Um, yeah. But also, I did a really interesting play where I was playing as my friend using, he's using X-Men. Um, and he left his storm a little too far forward. So Wong was able to uh, meditate and give my Sentinel Prime a extra power and then move to a point. And then the Sentinel Prime was able to move forward and yank her forward for the rest of the Sentinels to beat up on. Yeah. Uh, and that potentially swung the game. So I also just realized like, oh, Wong can just let me get their restraint cables online a little early or get another extra power to the uh, the Prime for more rerolls later because he, he really likes spending his power on rerolls and oh big blasts. Oh my gosh, he does. So um, it ended up being a, a really good addition to the list. And I feel like not necessarily Wong, but like another two threat also can help some weird list building things. So you can go like five wide at 17, for example. Yeah. Um, you could do like, to- I, I think the other two that are good are bullseye and black widow bullseye. Cause well, he's bullseye. Like sometimes you just leave people on one and bullseye goes pink. No, you didn't. <laughs> exactly. And, uh, Black Widow helps a little bit with the, with the, a little bit with extract and a little bit secure because you know they're kind of slow. Um, weird that the giant robots are a little bit slow. Yes, uh, and lumbering, and uh, her being really really fast can help make up for that a little bit by going out like getting a back objective if you get bogged down somewhere. Yeah, exactly. And I think definitely Black Widow's on the table for me big time, and Wong too, and and that's where I feel like when I I think about the the Sentinels dual affiliation, right? The, the natural fit for me specifically 
is obviously convocation. And building a Sentinels combo list means that I can have that Wong, I can have my four Sentinels characters, and then I can, you know, bring the rest in as convocation characters, and then like a splash fury or a splash medusa, something like that, and feel like I'm covering all the bases in that way. And so like that might ultimately be what I end up doing for this event that I'm going to speaking of Warfare Weekend coming up in about uh, two weeks, beginning of November. So if you're going to that, I'll be there uh, with a whole contingent of the Memphis crew, apparently. So it's going to be a good time. So make sure to hit us up if we're up there. And um, anyways, I, I that's why I think that they're, they're better as a duel with them. But if I'm just playing mono Sentinels, I definitely like your idea of, of the extra two threat. Because when we look at the secure crisis, the way I look at Sentinels and what I've kind of found with them is trying to force the fight and just overwhelm your opponent with the sheer number of dice you can roll. And, and just, I feel like, is the the play right now. Like, playing the control game and keeping them off of points, obviously. But being able to just roll a boatload of dice as much as possible... And then having Prime be like, oh, you kind of rolled below average here. Well, let's at least try to make that a little bit more average of a roll. I think could be really, mm -hmm. it is a really strong thing. So setting up your crises uh, is really good. And then playing high threat crises overall, also very good. So the crises I went with are Terrigen Clouds because they're immune to poison and it's 20 threat. Intrusions yep. because it's 19 and it's slow scoring. So I feel like that the Sentinels really like that one. And then if they have to use the teleport, they can. Don't do it. It's not a good idea. But, you know. Uh, and then Gamma Wave, I felt like, was one where as long as you're able to kind of play not into Kingpin Criminal Syndicate, you'll be all right on this one. Mm -hmm. I think because you'll play a little lower. Like you'll have your two Mark IVs plus your Prime and then like a Toad or something in there and like okay cool well we're gonna slow this down a little bit toad's gonna do his extract thing and i'm gonna do everything i can to keep you off that middle one and delete you when you come up to it kind of thing that's my thought there i definitely think there's other secures that might be interesting for them but i i thought that that one was kind of fun and i feel like things like infinity formula mutant madman the gosh darn spider portals all of that stuff is just too spread out for the Sentinels to really flourish on. Yeah. So that's why I felt like something like this. And I did not want to do demons because I was like, I don't feel like getting incinerated. That's, uh, that's pretty much it. <laughs> yeah. 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 I could see all that. Um, I think I ended up going with deadly meteors. Uh, Cause I have a lot of power and, and yeah. nonsense and it's basically just intrusions. But again, but I, I gamma was gamma was what I looked at. Um, I definitely you definitely have to be careful about going on gamma versus very specific matchups. Because um, sometimes like like with Kingpin, right? Like, yeah, sometimes they will just um, win on gamma and you will have no way to stop it. Uh, Malekith is another one that's really tough on gamma. Mm -hmm. um, when he, especially when he's throwing your size five dudes around. <laughs> Yeah, uh, you're not going to like that. Spoiler alert. Spoiler alert. But I, I think they've got some game for versus a lot of the field. They're really hard to take off the points. 
Yeah. And they can just restraint cable you through them and off the point. And that's it. It's it's one of those things where like I realize there's bad matchups with Gamma, but I feel like, okay, do I like and you mentioned Deadly Meteors. Deadly Meteors is a good one, but I feel like you have to overcommit to two out of the three. And and it kind of kind of shoehorns you in on one strategy, I guess you could say. Where like you're not gonna have that opportunity to like run over and grab that other one that your opponent just leaves as easily as you would on other things is the way I kind of think about it. Yeah, that's definitely a potential. Uh, um, they're kind of, I, I, I can't decide if I want to play them more spread, or if I want to play them as a death ball. Cause you know, hanging out around Sentinel prime means they get rerolls, but also means you don't influence a lot of the board. Right. Well, so what's interesting is I played them last night on infinity formula and research station. Like me and my, my buddy, were kind of doing some dojo stuff. Shout out to stamps. And we, I was like, Hey, let's, I want to see what happens when I play a more spread out scenario and, and kind of go from there. He was playing Hydra and I was playing Sentinels and we spread it out. And I had the early big time lead where I was able to one shot his red skull after he moved up to the board to mess with Sentinel prime. Like I put Sentinel prime in the middle of the board and then the two other Sentinels on the outside and then Hood kind of between uh, one of the outside Sentinels and Prime. Everybody was in range four of each other for the rerolls. And one of the things I noticed is with the Tactics card, which we'll talk about in a few minutes, online and operational, it's range three. You have to be within range three of Sentinel Prime to use online and operational, not range four. Mm-hmm. It's a very yeah. important distinction. So, um, anyways, the... Having them spread out like that meant that I had to like choose my battle, so to speak. And uh, Stamps ended up having kind of three characters on one corridor. He had Zola and Strucker and Hydra Bob on one side of the board. And then he had Zemo, the Hydra goons, and Red Skull kind of in the middle to, and off to the other side. And so one of my Sentinel Mark IVs ended up being KO'd pretty early, and then Prime got dazed after I KO'd his Red Skull. And I mean KO'd his Red Skull turn three. So that was pretty awesome. But uh, it was, it was a, just a really interesting thing, and it, it told me that playing them spread out and having that board influence is definitely possible but I feel like they want to be closer together so that if one of them does have a bad defense role, you can get online and operational off or something like efficient machines. If you're playing Cassandra Nova, stuff like that. I think that like definitely the hardest part about playing them is going to be play, playing spread out scenarios, right? Like you yeah. said, all of your stuff kind of keeps you grouped up. It's like you mentioned earlier with the death ball scenario and, and so far in the games I've played, that's where I've had the most success is like keeping them somewhat close quarters to one another and maintaining your positioning in, in such a way that you can maximize their snowball potential. So like, and by that, I mean, you've got two, two characters that can add three dice to their four dice attacks making it a seven dice attack right and then you've got prime 
who can make his five dice attack an eight dice attack. So spending the power, like they love to spend the power on all oh, yeah. of these things, right? Like they don't have a, a lot of other ways to spend power and being able to do the plasma blast with the extra stuff and target the lower defense if between energy and physical of someone is really strong, gain that power back. It's really nice. And and like you said, with being able to restraint cable someone in so that the other two can pile on, I feel like is is the way to to kind of get that. And and the one thing that I think I've figured out with Sentinels so far is that you're going to be down in points. It it's gonna happen. You're either gonna be down or parity of points. And what you, I think, have to do is play on that edge of like, okay, I'm down one or two points, but if you get those couple of picks, if you get those couple of KOs, and you, and you time things right on that to be able to flip that script and extend the length of the game and then be able to, to take back those points, I think is going to be critical. But it's really hard to do. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, turns out sometimes not having a lot of like, character influence like a char- character uh presence uh can sometimes make you go behind on points a little bit especially with extracts and stuff exactly and using your restraint cables to say okay i'm gonna get my two attacks and then i'm gonna deny a character that's already activated a point is really strong and that's another thing there is you want to attack twice with sentinels but under no circumstances are you required to and you do still have to think about points so positioning and and being able to like okay I'm not going to be able to roll my big attack here but I'm going to set up for next turn and be in a better position where you're and if you're playing a tall sentinels list like when I play sentinels Merzane, it is prime mark 4 mark 4 starting point period <laughs> like that is where I'm starting when I play sentinels because who doesn't want three giant robots on the board seriously so there's that. that. Exactly. Yeah. It is literally the tallest list imaginable. Exactly. So if you're if you're playing that and you're going to be tall, you're likely have priority regularly. So you can kind of play around like okay, this I might eat one attack on on this sentinel that I overextend a little bit, but I'm going to be set up for a double tap next turn. Oh, and I restraint cabled somebody off a point. So no one's going to be scoring that point and, and kind of stuff like that. Thinking about those things, I think is really important. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Knowing when to like use their control elements and when to like go for the throat, I think is like the key to them. hundred percent. So Merzane, let's talk about extract crisis to kind of finish off the crisis talk. And I've added in alien ship because it's 20 threat and it is one of the slowest scoring in the game because yep. you have to roll a crit on two dice to get it. So it's 20 threat and that crit roll. And then we've got hammers because everyone loves a hammer and it's 18 threat, which I think is like the most fun threat value for Sentinels because then you get to have Prime, the two Mark IVs, and Cassandra Nova. Yep. And then we've got Research Station, which I think is good for Sentinels because you can concentrate the fight around the researcher and if you win the researcher or at least deny your opponent the researcher via uh, restraint cables or having enough you know having a big model standing there and then restraint cabling off another model 
then it's you can kind of play differently with the other secures as well. And so I like that. And I also really, really like the 16 threat cost because it's an awkward number for a lot of lists, but it's really good for Sentinels because then you can throw in one of those myriad of three threats I mentioned and have a lot mm-hmm. of fun with them. Yeah, and it, uh, you can cater it to whatever the uh, the secure is. If it's more central, you can bring like hood for better fighting mm-hmm. it's all, like, and better healing. And then like if you need more maneuverability, you can bring Nick Fury and the commandos to move around a lot more. Exactly. That's exactly. Yeah, I like that. I like that lineup. Uh, Shadow Marvel, my uh, my co-host from uh, the Gamers Guild. Haha. I got, I got, I got that plug. You can't stop is. me now. <laughs> uh, he, me and him have been talking a little bit about lists and he's been talking a lot with Kenny and we've been, we're kind of watching and observing. Um, and, uh, we kind of aren't like big on hammers right now. Hammers is my favorite, my favorite, uh, scenario, my favorite crisis, but like, it's a little hard for them because it spreads them. Yeah. So like, it's hard for them to get to, it makes their cards cost more, which they're not like huge fans of. Um, so we've been kind of defaulting to like Montessi as like yeah. that third slot, but I think, I think you can do fear grips, especially with the right list. I think your list looks, uh, pretty well equipped for, uh, hammers. Right. And the nice thing is, I mean, with Sentinels, you're going to get two of them if you have priority. And if you don't have priority, you're still likely to get two because the way I feel about it is you have the two, the two on the edge or you can have prime and another one on an edge and then whichever one's in the middle I mean you're already contesting it from deployment so that's easy pickup yep. right same thing with montessi sure but like you know you're already contesting those right off the deployment and then whichever one your opponent goes after if you don't have priority or if they have shield like if they're playing shield great because then you can restraint cables in whichever one you want that goes you know goes for the the, the middle extract and then cool it's yours now because you've deleted a model. <laughs> you know what I mean? So yep. I like that idea anyways. And and whichever one, you know, you can go after, you can go after, right? So yep. I think that's fun. But the other consideration I had here was scrolls because, again, I'm thinking slow the game down, right? Like I'm thinking like like let the attrition take over as we slow things down. And I, so far, I don't, I think that's kind of, more neutral and it's all about just overwhelming with the with the amount of dice versus being able to like i think other squads want to slow the game down too but they just do things differently right so Mm -hmm. so i think scrolls was a consideration for me but montessi is one that i've played a lot of recently in my convocation and i feel like with sentinels it the sweet beam territory just scares the shit out of me uh i got hit by a fat gambit beam last time i played and uh it ruined my day yeah yeah as it's as it can do but it's definitely one that i like but i just really like the 18 threat value as an option so that's that's why i'm keeping hammers in one weird thing about alien ships too like um you don't have like a black cat or a doctor of voodoo to help Mm -hmm. you really do um extract shenanigans in case it gets away from you and that may be like the one like true weakness on that on that crisis yeah is if an opponent gets it on like a black like comes and steals with a black cat you just might not have very many good ways to go hunter down yeah um 
So well, I'd be like the only, that's my only issue with that one. I, in my, in my roster, I, I have Dr. Voodoo literally yeah. just so if they, if they try it, I'm going to get it back. But yeah, um, I think with like, you got Cassandra and directive one. So you yeah. could just like make them lose stealth, walk forward and then um, mind control them back into, into range and then mm-hmm. start beating the crap out of them. Yeah, and that's kind of the thought. Like, it's with her there at 18. And that's, again, like, that's why we're having this discussion is because I do feel like that is a shortcoming. And I feel like maybe somebody needs to change and be a voodoo or something like that. But again, like, I've said this how many times at this point already, Merzane? I think that the Sentinels are, are built to be dual affiliated and yes. I think it's with convocation and I'll, I'll run through my convocation kind of ideas here in a second, but I want to finish off our tactics cards discussion here. So we've got online and operational, which is way harder to pull off than I thought it would be because of the range three restriction, but also Sentinel prime having eight power. Y- you think, Oh, he's got a five dice energy builder, but he spends three to add dice and then if you're if you flub the roll, if you have any other power, you probably want to add rerolls into that. So so you're already kind of behind on the power gain if you flub the roll, which is what happened to me last night. I was able to one shot Red Skull like turn two, and then after that, my rolls were below average, even with yep. rerolls. So like it's just it's how it's going to be sometimes, and you just kind of have to deal with that. But it's over time, you know, and with the volume, it should add up fine. However, making sure Prime has eight power was way harder than it should have been. I got it really easily in my last game. Like, I was having trouble keeping power on him. But I uh, I activated him, so he got a little bit of power and then got the two from ending the activation. Then he got dazed. And this was all through rerolls and stuff, so I was yeah. kind of netting power. I was trying not to spend it all, but I was also trying to keep him alive. Yeah. And then when I flipped him over, he gains a power for the for the round. And then I rolled five dice and got like four power or something. Mm-hmm. And that was enough to uh, online and operational the Sentinel that had gone down with him. Nice. And uh, so then I got a full I, I, I was able to fully heal one. Nice. And nice. Uh, then I had a subpar uh, prime mark Four activation before he went down. <laughs> but because <laughs> he didn't have any power, but we got it off. But you got it off. And and that's the thing. Like, I think online and operational is a critical card to the Sentinels play, but it's one that it it's way harder to utilize than you might think simply because of the 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 power cost and the opportunity cost, like you said there. You had a subprime part a subpar prime turn. <laughs> and yep. uh and and there you go, and that's why. Because you had to spend all that power. So it's it's a good card, but it's one that definitely have to set up. And then we've got Directive 1, which is basically marked for death, but for Sentinels. And uh, it's really nice. Played in the power phase. No stealth. They can't re-roll or modify defense dice. And then you don't need line of sight, which I love. Then we've got Efficient Machines, which is the Cassandra Nova-specific one. She can spend three power during the power phase. And then allied sentinels that are within range three of her can treat blocks as wilds. 
which is wild very here. good. It's very good. They'd be wilding out over here. It's wild. Yeah. Then we've got Hood's Gang, which reroll for an entire round if uh, they are contesting an objective, the enemy contesting an objective, that is. But it has to be during Hood's activation that you play this, which is frustrating. And then we've got Smash, which I love Smash with the Sentinels, being able to smash a size 4 or a 3 piece of terrain for 2 power and get those extra dice on your builder instead of having to pay for it the other way is amazing. It's amazing. I love Smash with the Sentinels or specifically. Or just, just add all that dice anyway too, right? <laughs> right, yeah. Then you add on the dice exactly. So, like, I mean, if you if you absolutely positively got to kill it, Smash. <laughs> mm-hmm. And uh, I don't even think a Malekith could stand up to a, a smash plus the added the dice thing. Like, that'd be pretty nasty. 11 die builders. Yes. So uh, then we've got Warpath, which I thought was an interesting inclusion for me here. And it's one that I've, like, wanted to find a good reason to play this card. So after an attack that damaged an allied character's resolve, the damaged character may spend one power to play this card. This character may advance short toward the attacking character. So why do I have Warpath here? The reason is there are characters that can displace the Sentinels. I want to have a way to mitigate some of that displacement, if I can. And I want to be able to say, okay, you, you damaged me. Well, I'm going to have priority next turn. And I'm going to be able to come closer to you. And I'm going to be within range 3 of Sentinel Prime for an online and operational, potentially. So so I like all of, all of the potential there with that. Then we have Mental Domination which is one of these cards that has an attack thing on it. It's unaffiliated. Cassandra Nova or Jean can spend three. They choose an enemy character within range three, advance it short. Then they make the attack above, which is a range two, two dice attack for zero power, but you add dice to the attack roll equal to the physical defense of the chosen character. And the last stipulation here, you may reroll any number of opposing defense dice in the defense role. So it's a really good bit of displacement, but it's also a, a nice little attack there, and you can kind of push through some damage if you need to, which I really like. And um, lastly, we have Eye in the Sky, because Nick Fury's here, and Eye in the Sky is awesome. Full stop. <laughs> Any yep, thoughts on I, all that? I think this is all, like, very good standard stuff for Sentinels. Smash is stapled to the affiliation i think warpath is going to show up a lot for all the reasons you mentioned yeah um i also took in mind fallback so i have both oh so nice. i can go in or go out nice <laughs> um but yeah I, I have no issues with any of your the only weird card might be mental domination just because then you're taking like two cards for nova and that might be awkward sometimes that's exactly but, what i thought too but i don't think i don't know what else you'd put there like you could put mission objective or fallback or um, what is it? Escort to safety, maybe. But Escort to safety was there. the one that kind of rung out in my head because then I don't have to worry about whether I have Nick Fury there or not. The Sentinels, if they yeah. don't interact with an objective turn one, they're going to have three power. So you, you should easily be able to get that escort to safety off, which I really yeah. like. I think that's a good choice for them. I think you'll see it a lot. Um, but I think if you're trying to leverage Nova, I think having the um, the ability to, to swap for either one is good. Yeah. Another I don't think one, you run both in your five, but I think you run one. Yeah. 
Another one I thought was Grievous Wounds. Um, I would like that card if it didn't have to damage. Uh, yeah. That's, that's, that's the only reason I think he doesn't see play. Yeah. Here's another one that I think is, is somewhat interesting given, like, I think that the amount of dice that the Sentinels will roll will not make this relevant. It's something like kick them when they're down. Uh, spend two power, choose an enemy character when targeting the chosen character with an attack this round. You may re-roll one attack die for each special condition the chosen character has. Like if you suppression protocol somebody and it doesn't go well, but uh, I think that's more cute than good. I'm, I'm just sitting yeah. here talking about it. It's, it's more cute than good. Yeah, it's... I think suppression protocols is like... You're not going to use it as much as you use your beam. Yeah. The, the other one, and and this is where I think I would take mental domination out, is recalibration matrix. And and it was yes. it was really, really hit me last night when I rolled I think it was an eight dice builder, and I literally rolled no successes. It was shields and blanks, and I think maybe a skull, but I think it was mostly shields and blanks across the board on on one of my attacks. And I was like, man, right now I need recalibration matrix. And this, the Sentinels generally have the power to use it too. So yep. I, I think that I take mental domination out and put recal in. I'm going to do that. I'm going to make that change right now. And then I, the, the last two that I didn't mention are my restricted slots. And these are the two, like Brace for Impact, it's it's stapled in there because I do not want another sentinel thrown into another sentinel. And and it's in there. Now, I this is this will tell the suits out there that no one's perfect when they're thinking about this game and sometimes you got to see it on the tabletop before you realize what you're talking about. So I had advanced R&D in here. And the reason I had advanced R&D was because I was like, "Oh, well, turn 1, I'll just move whatever sentinel's going to move." And then I gained the power, and then I advanced R&D it to the other two Sentinels, and boom, strength cables online for Prime and the other one, whatever. Well, uh-oh. then it <laughs> dawned on me last night while playing, I was doing that, and I'm like, oh, crap, this, this power matrix says at the end of their activation, when they end their activation. And you know what advanced R&D says now, currently, that I hate? It's during its activation <laughs> instead yep. of just choose a character. It used to be just choose a character to do the thing. Now it's during its activation, a character can spend the power. So when they end their activation, they're, there's no power to do the thing. So advanced R&D is coming out because I don't have like a good reason to have it here other than like, oh, I need one more power on Prime to... to to get the online and operational or something like that. But I don't feel like that's enough of a reason to keep this card. Yeah. So I think we're going to do something else from the restricted thing and indomitable screams in my face to be used. Yeah. I think indomitable. I, I was actually going to bring this up when you showed me your list and that was uh, indomitable and Brace kind of feel necessary. Yeah, and and the other consideration was follow me. But I think Indomitable... Follow me is interesting. Yeah. Also sacrifice, but... 
Yeah. I think he won't follow me. Or not follow me. Uh, I think you won't in Dom. I think so too. Because if I do run into a Malekith, I need to be able to not be displaced. Yep. So there's that. So I think we're, we're going to settle on this for now. Character-wise, I, I feel like I need to need to do something with my characters. I just don't know what yet. And in terms of my... Uh, well, So also, I mentioned in the last episode, the name of my list. So my Sentinels one, I'm going with Exus Sentinel Crisis. <laughs> yep, yep. And then uh, sh- shout out to one of the suits out there for that one. And then another one from another suit. Uh, for my Convocation Sentinels overlap, it's going to be Wizards and Wires. I like that. Yeah, this is pretty clever. So, real quick, I don't want to get too d- deep in the minutiae because we're running a little long, so I want to finish this off. But if we're doing Convocation Sentinels combo, because again, I think uh-huh. that Sentinels splash well into Convocation and vice versa, you can, you can play a little, little Convocation stuff with Sentinels. We've got Ancient One, Mordo, Supreme, Voodoo, Wong as our convocation characters. My boy. Yep. Then you've got the two Mark IVs, Prime, Cassandra, Nova, and then we've got Hood in there. And I feel like being able to splash Voodoo into the Sentinels at 17, like you talked about with the extraction shenanigans, will be really good. And then also splashing in Hood into the Sentinels there. You could splash in Doctor Strange if the threat value is good. But why would you play Strange when you have Cassandra Nova affiliated, I think? I don't know. It's kind of a weird, interesting thing to think about. And then yep. the tactics cards, the only ones I'm taking from Sentinels are the Directive 1, Online Operational, Efficient Machines. And then I had Scrap Metal in here, which I actually kind of like Scrap Metal. Like if you can't, if you can't get to the Sentinel to heal it. Right, like the 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 on to make it online and operational, and it's gonna go down. The scrap metal is interesting because it's when it would be KO'd, you can roll five dice and do damage and the stun special condition to all other characters within range two of that sentinel. So, I don't know if I need to keep that in here, but it's it's definitely a thought. And then we've got recalibration matrix as an option as well if I take that out and then everything else is the same as the other ones. So normal stuff for the uh convocation. Yeah. So yeah, I just it's interesting. It it's weird because I feel like they have a couple of cards that are like stapled to them. Like the restricted cards, smash. I feel like Warpath is pretty close. Yeah. But then like past that you're just like, what do I take with these guys? Yeah, exactly. Exactly. And it, it's all like your character splashes and like weird, maybe this will happen tech choices. Like mm-hmm. they're really like, you can really go into the tank on what kind of tactics cards you can take. They're really malleable to what you want to do. Exactly. And I'm excited to continue to figure these guys out a little more because right now I really don't know. I mean, I don't know everything. This is all just my initial thoughts on all this stuff, and this is just the stuff I've been kind of figuring out through just a handful of games with them, and I think the real test is going to be when I get into a tournament setting and I have these guys, and I'm like, okay, what's what's my opponent's list and and how to match that up and and everything. And when you're when you're doing a list building like this and you don't really know 
all the minutia that's going to happen on the tabletop, you have to try to think about like what your game plan is, right? Like you have to say, okay, here's what I want to do. And my opponent's going to try to, to mess with that. So how am I going to mitigate their shenanigans with what I'm bringing? And it's like, you don't know what shenanigans you're going to go up against, but you have to feel like that your play or your plan, if you will, is strong enough that it can kind of, uh, you know, not swing and miss on every curveball that your opponent throws. Right. And, and I feel like that I'm at least somewhat okay there. And it's just, you know, we're, we're in dicey territory here. You know what I mean? Like where it's like, if the dice fall, I feel really good. If they're, if they're average, I feel pretty good. If, if they're below average, that's when we're going to start seeing cracks in the foundation. <laughs> Yeah, I feel like that's the the weakness in uh, almost every list me and you make because we like to make very dice centered lists. Yes, this is true. <laughs> this is very true. But uh, anyways, Merzane, any other any other thoughts today before we uh, put a bow on this one? No, I'm just excited. I'm excited for you to play the Sentinels. I'm excited to get Pyro. Um, I'm excited to play with my own Sentinels. Uh, just a lot of excitement. <laughs> Yeah. I'm just I'm just ready. Super ready. I'm with you. I'm with you. I'm I'm very much excited and it's it's going to be a good uh, good holiday season and, and I'm really really happy to to be able to to go on this journey with you Merzane and all the other suits out there. And uh, I got to say I really appreciate all of you out there listening and giving us your time. I hope it's been entertaining and enjoyable and that you got something out of this. If there's any kind of secret tech that you want to let me know about the Sentinels that you've been finding in your playthroughs, feel free to hit me up. You can send me messages at housepartyprotocolpod at gmail.com or via Facebook. That's a great way to get a hold of me or on Discord. Um, I'm at HPP underscore Will on pretty much all the main Marvel Discords, so you can find me there. Send me messages, hit me up. And then, um, you know, I, I also want to go ahead and say just thank you. Thank you very much. This has been a really wonderful just time being a, a part of this community. And every time I get to meet new people as part of the community, it's always wonderful and, and chit chatting with people through the giveaways and just random messages, all that fun stuff. And then over on the house party protocol discord server, it, it's always a pleasant time over there. We get some, some nice deep conversations going with the game and just in general. And then, you know, sometimes we'll, talk about things that are not related to Marvel Christ protocol at all, and then play some video games together, all kinds of fun stuff happening over there. So if you're interested in checking that out, you can uh, go to patreon.com slash house party protocol. And for as little as a dollar a month, which turns out to be like 12 bucks a year, you can support the show, help us to just pay for the hosting services that we use online and then helps pay for the giveaways kind of thing. That's pretty much all that is for. And uh, yeah, we'll be, doing some more like kind of flash holiday giveaway stuff here coming up. So be on the lookout for that, which I'm excited for. And um, let's see, Merzane, where can people find you? You can find me on the gamers guild podcast and occasionally the YouTube channel um, where we talk about kind of similar things here. We kind of try to explain the game for people who are just sort of new getting into it or uh, trying to up their game from having just gotten into it, trying to like break into the overall game. Yeah, oh yeah, it's a good time. Definitely check out the Gamers Guild. 
Love those guys over there. And I'll be making an appearance on the Gamers Guild podcast this week, I think. So that'll be fun. And uh, also, the last thing I want to mention to you guys is, uh, if you haven't already, make sure to check out Battle Kiwi. They have a, this thing called a Battle Box. And it's really awesome. It's like a thing for your tokens. It comes with character card dashboards. And it, it's all your, your movement tools and all of that stuff is right in there, ready to go. And uh, if, if you want, I do have a little video review I can put on the YouTube channel of it. If you guys are interested in checking that out, I can put that up. Just let me know if that's something that you guys want, and I'll do that. And um, But it's a really great little little thing, and I, I, really love, I really love it. And the cool thing is it's made from MDF, but it's nice and smooth. No, like it's, if they sanded it, it's perfect. Like it's really great. And there's no assembly required. You get it, it is assembled. So if you are interested in checking that out, uh, go to the Battle Kiwi website. There will be a link in the description. And then put in the code PARTYKIWI, all one word, P-A-R-T-Y-K-I-W-I, to get 10% off your order. It's a one-time use thing, though. So if you've already made an order from Battle Kiwi and and you use that code once already, you, you won't get to get that extra 10% off again. But either way, still something cool that they did for uh, the House Party Protocol listeners out there. So uh, that's pretty cool for them. And um, yeah, I think that about wraps it up. And uh, listen, if you're out there and uh, just know that you're awesome and listening to this and it's it's greatly appreciated and you're a legend and uh, keep it real. And with that, party on, Merzane. Party on, Will. And power down suits.